I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, TC. We are a little bit earlier today and... Welcome all to this week's episode of the Curran View, our weekly podcast with the Idler Villesborough, Mr. Terry Curran, and supporting the Jeff Astle Foundation. How's things, mate? Well, steady away. Like it's like every other week. We can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. We just got to hope this any up and clears up, and then we can all get back to watching football again. Absolutely. Well, there's an awful lot of football on the TV. Is the snow still falling in Sheffield or up north? Well, I'm a bit further north than, than Sheffield. Uh, we've had a little bit, but it's, it's, it's clear there now. It's yeah. not it's not uh, too bad where I am, but obviously parts of the country have got it bad, haven't they? Yeah, they have. We, we really have missed it. We've had a little bit of a salt and peppering in Birmingham, and it looks as though it's all going nicely now. Magic Moments, TC, what have you sourced for us this week? The Magic Moment is uh, Foden's goal against Liverpool when he came inside and yeah. whacked it right into the corner. Not, not only that, his performance itself, like, you know, mm. uh, there's some fab- fabulous goals in that game alone. But uh, that's my magic moment to uh, Foden when he, you know, uh, came inside onto his left foot and powered it straight past um, Edison. So, and he's looking, uh, he's looking uh, more and more like he's going to be a superstar, isn't he? I think he is an absolute superstar. I think Manchester City do tend to have superstars in their team. They've now uh, broken the record of uh, 15 wins in a row. Um, they shared that record previously with uh, Preston in 1891-92 season and Arsenal in 1987. So it's an amazing feat. And that game uh, last night against Swansea, a 3-1 win that uh, that gave them that 16th um win on the spin was um, Pep Guardiola's 200th in charge of Man City how good are Man City where do they need improving can they improve in uh, can they improve and can they win the domestic treble and the Champions League on top to make the first ever quadruple because they are different class this Manchester City team aren't they well I'll tell you um, when Tottenham got that result against them I yep. thought it was going to do the quadruple. I really did. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I, he, he's that good. Mm. He's that good at putting teams together and getting the right balance into the team. Um, that he, he's capable of doing it. And it, it, it reminds me so much like club that he wants to win every single game he plays in. Yep. Um, they've got a massive chance. They've got a really, really big chance of, of doing it again. Um the FA Cup. Has, uh, have they played the League Cup final? No, they. I, I believe they're going to be playing it in um, in April this season. Um, I, yeah, I believe they're pushing it back to to uh, to April. I, I mean, 
I think I think TC because they were hoping that by that time fans may be allowed in the grounds, but it doesn't look as though they are going to be. But I think yeah. that was the reason that they put it back as put far as they back. could. Yeah. You see, just like anything else, all the games are going to come on top of them. Yeah. Because you know, you know, like I do, uh, if you're a great team, you're going to you're going to be pushing for league titles. You're going to push it for every cup competition there is, mm. and that's what he's done again. He comes so close to it. To, not last season, season before. Yeah. Um, but he's capable. He's a, he's the manager. What he's capable of of, of pulling off this quadruple. Uh, and I wouldn't put it past them. They're that good a team, you know. I mean, I just I listen to these pundits, and I mean, some of it they do talk sense, but some of it, you know, I let it go over me, over mm. me. It's like it's like the false nine. He doesn't play with a false nine. He plays with eleven players. That includes a goalkeeper. Yep. What can pass a ball? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and he won't throw the ball into the box just mm. for defenders to edit clear. You know, and for the pundits to turn around and say, "Oh, what magnificent defending that is!" Every time he's had to come up with a way how to how to uh, break down these defensive walls, what teams are playing against them. Yep. So what it what he's done is put an extra technical player in there instead of an actual goal scorer, mm-hmm. um, and he's, he's he's trying to force them to come out of positions to create. To create space in there, and to get defenders out of uh, out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Now, is it always going to work? No, but that you could, I, for me, that's what he's doing. He's not a false nine. He's playing. Yeah. He's playing eleven technical players. What are all great passers of a ball? All great at, at running off the ball in every position. In every position, they're great at running off the ball. Yeah. That includes the two centre backs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not they're not centre backs. What's just going to stay there and edit clear? You know they're going to be they're going to be joining in. They're going to be making <clears throat> uh, forward runs. They're going to be making uh, runs around the fullback or the wide men to get around. They're capable. They're, they're, they're two centre backs are capable of getting out wide and play. You know and going in behind and looking to cross balls if if they need to cross a ball or when it's going to favour them to cross a ball. Yeah. They will not throw balls. That team will not throw balls into a in, in, into into the penalty box just for defenders to clear. So for me, yes, they're capable of, uh, of doing it. It will be difficult, but uh, I'm like I'm like you. I think it, I think it can be done, and uh, I think Manchester City, because they are a strong a strong squad, and they've got a manager. What uh, it doesn't seem to get too many problems with the team when he when he's selecting a team. Absolutely, I, I did mistakenly say 16th. I've preempted another win for Manchester City the weekend. But in all seriousness, anybody that's playing Manchester City at the moment do tend to be whipping boys. They are also doing it without their leading goal scorer Sergio Aguero and their biggest contributor, uh, their biggest creativity in Kevin De Bruyne, who's had over a hundred assists now and. Aguero's breaking all kind of records in the modern game in the in the Premier League. So to do it without them two vital cogs in that piece of machinery is even more incredible. And and for me, I, I think that what City do need to do is go and spend a few quid 
on on a couple of players. Top of the shopping list for me would be Jack Grealish. If they can't get Jack Grealish out of Aston Villa, I'd go for um, Julian Brandt of Borussia Dortmund, and also his pal uh, Harland from uh, Dortmund as well. Because I think whether Agüero comes back or not, his better years seem to be behind him. Harland's better years seem to be in front of him. Uh, the good points that you make, but I would never tell someone like uh, Guardiola um, what he needs to buy and what he doesn't need to buy because at the end of the day, you know, just like Liverpool now are having that little bit of a blip, yep. what played really, really well. Um, and to keep that consistency up, it takes some doing. Choose how good a team you are. Yeah. He needs and what he doesn't need. Mm-hmm. He, he know what system he, um, he needs to play against certain teams. And I think I said I said about six or seven months ago, he's got to find a way. He's got to find a way to to break these teams down. Yeah. Because it's not only the ordinary teams what go defensive. It's the other team. But I would like to congratulate Swansea. Yes, they got beat. Yes, you know you can see there's a big class difference in the two teams yeah. but uh, Cooper didn't change his philosophy and he went out to attack uh, Manchester City could they, could they attack him? Not really because Manchester City very barely gave the ball away yeah. but they did create a couple of chances they did score a goal and they didn't put up a wall and sit back like majority of other, other uh, coaches do mm. so for me that guy Cooper Steve Cooper not only is he doing himself world of good, he will get a bigger job. And it's the same as the guy at Brighton. Yep. You know, he wants to go out and play football. People said that uh, he hasn't made a di- He's made a massive difference because he's had, he's changed the, he's changed the philosophy how he's played football. Um, and he's brought in players and they play some nice football. But going back to Manchester City, what I'm trying to say is for, for, for people to get better jobs, that's what Cooper and the boy at uh, Brighton's doing. What's his name? Potter. Grand Potter. Potter. Yeah. Uh, that's what they've got to do, and they'll get the be- the better jobs. Yeah. But City are capable of, of pulling this off quad- quadruple. It will be done at some point in lifetime, like everything. Mm. Every record's there to be broken. So for me, it will be broken, and uh, Guardiola's the man. What I think are capable of doing it, plopping them. Um, haven't got the strength in depth like uh, Guardiola's got and I think Klopp is more thoughtful of um, giving players rest Mm. although he didn't when he had the chance to play Aston Villa's youth team in the FA Cup the FA Cup um, managers have put Weakened teams, and and I think that is the right word because if it was a Premier League, they wouldn't have put that team out. So I think I'm right in using a weakened team to play in the FA Cup. It's the fifth round. That, for me, is fundamentally wrong. It was nice to see Everton put a really strong team out. It was nice to see Manchester City put out a really strong team as well. And some of the sides, for instance, Burnley, rested a few players and I looked at that and I thought you're at home against Bournemouth why the hell are you doing that because the only thing you can possibly win is the FA Cup 
if staying up in the Premier League is all what you're about, what's the point in you? And Burnley do it all the time. Let's go to 18 teams in the Premier League. We might see some better football. Well, you see, all these teams, by, by getting knocked out of the two cups, will not make any difference to Burnley staying up or anybody else. Mm. Nobody will tell me anything. Nobody yeah. will convince me. But that's that. why they do it, isn't it? I'm not well. Yeah. They, they, they say that's why they do it. Yeah, absolutely. But who would want to play for... Whoever plays for Burnley, their priority is to go in and not to get relegated. Yeah. So it must be horrible. Their training methods must be all about defending. Correct. Uh, and nothing else. Organisation and defending. Mm. They're not bothered about winning any cup competitions. And teams what get uh, relegated, they got relegated because they weren't good enough. Not yes. because they played too many games. They're yeah. just not good enough. Yeah. And it's like it's like uh, playing um, qualifying for the uh, Europa League. Now you can you can you can win the Champions League. Uh, you can get a place in the Champions League by winning that competition. Yeah. But yeah. people don't uh, have no interest in that. Yeah. You know they play weak teams in that. Yeah. So why why a team doesn't want to win a, a an FA Cup or a League Cup in this country, like an Everton, uh, a Tottenham, or one of these teams, you know, these type of teams, but mm. they all should be going for it. Yeah. You can understand the, the top two, you know, going, uh, kicking for the uh, league title. I, I get that. Mm. But anybody else, no. Whoever they are, Man United, they're not challenging for the league yet because they're not quite ready for it. They should be trying to win an FA Cup. They should be, you know, Everton, uh, Leicester, all these teams should be trying to win an FA Cup. Yeah. Leicester got out of jail last night. It was an absolutely awful game. In fact, I'd watched the first half of United the night before. I'd watched the first half of Brighton. I went to bed and watched Death in Paradise. I couldn't. I just thought, I can't watch any more boring football. And just before I went up, I turned it over. I seen Spurs one up. I thought, well, all he's going to do is part the bus. When I woke up this morning, I looked at the results. I couldn't believe that Everton had beaten them 5-4. And I missed probably one of the uh, cracking games of the FA Cup this season. Yeah, I mean, the Everton game was a good game. You know, uh, Tottenham going front, Everton go get get in front, get three one up, Tottenham could fall back to make it three three, and then Everton obviously uh, win it in uh, extra time. Mm. Cracking game to watch, uh, and I wish jo- uh, Jose had go and attack more. Absolutely, I mean, everybody because they've got beat five four. People are looking around and say, "Well, that's not a Jose Mourinho." So they the criticise him. Uh, when he's defending and they're having to go at him some of them when he attacks so yeah. in, in, in that sense he, he can't win but it was a cracking game and I'd like to see that type of football more more often than not because at the end of the day fans pay, they work hard they work damn hard yeah. to see quality football not to see teams defend 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 and regardless what anybody says you get delegated because you're not good but you know when you win league they always said the league doesn't lie. Yeah. Right? But when the team's going out there to defend, just to stay in that Premier League, but now there's a lot of money in it. Try and win a game and you might stay in it. Exactly. Exactly. So you say, I think if you make no attempt to win a game, you don't have any shots on target in 90 minutes, I think you should be docked points. And, and, and teams that consistently do that, I'd throw them out of the league. What's the point? There's just <laughs> absolutely no point. You're all right there, sir. Yeah, I'm all right, yeah.
Good man. Uh, my magic moments, by the way, TC. Bruno Fernandez's goal. Uh, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. He's watched the ball go over. He's come back and he's just hit it first time. Cracking goal. Ollie Watkins the weekend. His 10th Premier League goal in 21 games for Aston Villa. Superb. Ward Prowse's free kick. I don't think there's a better player on free kicks than Ward Prowse. And Scott Malone's goal for Millwall against you guys the weekend. It was a touch of the gazers that one was, wasn't it? Listen, what you so what you were saying about the goal uh, like Gazza's. There's some fantastic, some fa- fantastic footballers, Gabby. Yeah. And I mean fantastic footballers we've got. I mean, Southgate should not be making mistake with this type of team now. What we've got, these players, yeah. and he should be he should be kicking on now to the um, with the World Cup and these European Championships. He should be kicking on with these type of players mm-hmm. and playing them because we have, like you said, Warp. I mean, there's some of these would have got in any other generation. But when you look at Madison, you look at um, Fodden, you look at um, Jack, what we've been ranting and raving about for years, and everybody now has found, sat up and uh, his own goal, their eyes up. We've got some fantastic football players. Stone's coming back to, to his best. You know, uh, Maguire, great player, what comes out with the ball. You know, everybody's been criticising these. Good players fight the way back, yeah. and, and, and them too have fought the way back. But we've got some fantastic footballers and we will go, we will go a long way. We will go a long way um, with these lads. We certainly will. We certainly will. We need a goalkeeper. Um, Henderson not getting much game time at United, although the guy is making a load of mistakes. So you can see Henderson starting more games uh, going forward for Manchester United. Well, you see, the thing is, we Henderson, you know as well as I, yeah, as, as as I do. Yes, he's been a good player and he's been brilliant uh, for Liverpool. No, I'm on about Henderson, the goalkeeper. All oh, right, for uh, for Manchester Henderson United, Liverpool. Because what I'm going to say about people like Henderson, Southgate will always pick them type of players because of they they think that they're more reliable. Yeah, yeah, Henderson, the goalkeeper. I'm not a big lover of, and I don't. I'm not there to criticise him. Uh, the boy from Everton, Peacock, is it? What's his name? Sorry, the uh, the Everton goalkeeper. Yeah, not Peacock. What's his oh, name? Oh, you know his name. His game's me. It just shows you how good the uh, the England number one is. That neither of us at the moment can remember what his damn name is. It will come back to us uh, shortly, but that's. That's the one position, really, that England are struggling well, with, well, isn't it? I, I don't think they're struggling. The thing is, with, with the two keepers, the Henderson keeper, Henderson uh, at Man United, yeah. Pope at... Um, Pickford. Jordan Pickford, Pickford is Jordan the other Pickford. boy, yeah. Pope, Pope at... Um, Burnley. Burnley. I like him. And uh, I like the kid at Southampton. Yeah, I know you do. I like the kid at Southampton. Now, the... Southampton keeper does play out from the back. Yeah. The other two are not brilliant out of playing out from the back, are they? You know, well, well, um, Pope, Burnley, Burnley won't play that way. Well, this Burnley is the thing, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, to play, when you're playing these top teams, you know, you cannot afford to give the ball away. Yeah. Manchester City just tire teams out and by keeping it, you know. And what Man City don't do is sideways backwards. Yeah. It's forwards. Absolutely. The only time they will come back is when they're in and around the box. And yeah. it's, com- 
you know, it's like a brick wall and you've got to try and break it down. So that's the only thing what lets uh, let our goalkeepers down, uh, not being good, in, good enough with their feet to try and play out from the back. Yeah, absolutely spot on TC. And the other magic moment was Billings' back pass for, uh, for Bournemouth. I've not seen many passes with the back that led to the penalty that um, that that ultimately dumped Burnley out of the FA Cup. What was your take on that? Well, it's like anything else, they deserve all they get, don't they? Yeah. You know, they deserve all they get. I mean, I have no. It's not the club. I. It's not the club. Absolutely, right? it's the manager. It's the not philosophy the club. Of, yeah, absolutely. Look, people always go on about Sean Dyche. Let me say about Sean Dyer, so he's not as long as I'm going to go at him. He has done absolutely brilliant for his career. Yeah. Right? Do you think he's ever going to take a Liverpool, a Man United? You'll never get offered Chelsea, it. Never, never going to get offered ever. it. No way. And people like me will say, well, it is, he's never going to get offered it. No. The other ones are going to turn around and say, uh, he doesn't get a chance to get offered it. He don't but play football. He, he, he's, them teams, one of they. They have to win trophies, mm. but they don't have to win trophies with a long ball. They've got to win trophies with entertainment, Absolutely. with style, yeah. with panache, yeah. everything. They've got to do it that way. Sean Dyche is, is good at trying not to lose games, but but when you think about it, he loses more than you think they do, because they're always down near bottom. Yeah. And that is, uh, he has. Now... At some point, he's going to want to get a bigger club. He's going to have to change his philosophy, yeah. right? So for me, he's better off not staying. He's better off staying at Burnley because he's got himself um, in a position where Burnley won't sack him. Now I say they won't sack him. His new owners come in, right? And I know they've given him all this uh, praise and, and everything else, but it's like all else. These type of owners, they want they want they want to win. You know, Burnley's not going to be able to win it. A champion, uh, a Premier League, unless they get a super, super, super rich uh, guy who can buy all the top players. So he should be looking to. He should not be looking to go anywhere else other than the team like Burnley, unless he's going to change his philosophy. Absolutely. Because yeah. it'll never get anywhere playing football like he does. And I, I hope people don't think I'm being horrible because I, I, I try to be honest and say, look. That's why he doesn't get a, you know, a bigger club. Yeah. I mean, same as Sam Allardyce. I mean, these are experienced people. They, they know uh, what it's going to take to win a, a football match. A, a, a champ, even though they've never won, they know what it takes to win one because yeah. they've, they've got the experience. But what they don't do, or they can't do, they can't handle the big-name players. Yeah. And they want, to, they want to play a certain way. And... It's never going to happen with the big clubs, uh, uh, Gabby. It's never going to happen with the big clubs. No, no, they won't even never. entertain the, uh, the the thought of having a manager like that. They they want as as you absolutely say, they want to win it in style. They want to play decent football, and that's the way the game's going. Playing football, forget the long ball. A great interviewing back pass this month. One of your uh, former players, David Peach. I didn't realise he was a ball boy at Wembley in 1966. Did he ever talk about that? No, neither did I. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 66, so what is it, what's he, 68? I'm not sure, but he well, was... I would have been 11. I was 11 in 66. Yeah. So, yeah, I can understand, you know, because I'm trying to think. Um, he's maybe only a couple of years older than me, maybe... Th- 
four at most, four at most. Um, but I didn't know that, and it's obviously I was only there for six months, but I knew Pete playing against him on, on, on numerous occasions. So uh, it, it's not shocked me, but it's brilliant to, to say that uh, when he when England won the World Cup, I was a ball boy. I mean, that, that's fantastic for him uh, to have that. Uh, Honour to, 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 to be at Wembley when, when England won the game, won the, the World Cup. Well, absolutely. And uh, there was there was a lovely uh, quiz question I used to ask. Who was the first Englishman to touch the ball in the World Cup final? Right. <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was Neil, Neil Reock, <laughs> Bruce's brother, who, who again was another ball boy. So they had some great ball boys at, uh, at Wembley that day. And it'd be interesting to see how many of them ball boys actually went on to be professional footballers. Because there's two just for starters. What? Is that Steve Bruce who was on about? Hey. Was that Steve Bruce you were talking about? Was no, it, it was Bruce's? Bruce uh, Bruce Reoch, Neil Reoch, oh. it was it was his brother. He was the first Bruce. Englishman to touch the ball in the World Cup final because Germany kicked off and knocked the ball out of play. Neil Reoch threw the ball to the English player and he, he threw the ball in. No way. Well, is he English? Because Bruce was Bruce was Scottish. No, I think no, he was, but he played for Scotland, but he's English. Right, so they were born in England. Yeah, I'm they? not too sure where they were both born, but um, but they were uh, they were both. I'm sure they were both English. I'll have to have a look at that. TC. Well, put... you threw me when you said Bruce. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. Um, I thought you meant Steve Bruce. I thought, no. Well, his brother was uh, as, as a as a um, ball boy. But I mean, it's a great shout about what you said. I wonder how many of those ball boys are yeah went on to be uh, footballers, if any. Yeah. But we don't beat it. We don't beat it. We'll have to. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to investigate yeah, that too. Yeah. Jackson says you do some great research. And by the way, that was a great because uh, <clears throat> you did the other other day. And I love that thing about um, Kevin Keegan. Yes. He said we're going to punch him. Odi <laughs> <laughs> does some brilliant podcasts, uh, as we do here with the current view. We're on part seventy-two now. We're uh, we've just recorded part fourteen of my life, my music, and Chris does little snippets and puts them out. There's a great story that we posted up uh, a few weeks back about um, Alan Hudson playing in a in, in a friendly game at Brighton against uh, David Jones, who was a monkey. That was a brilliant, brilliant uh, piece. And uh, when he got the uh, on the back of a fiver, the signatures of Lester Piggott and Jimmy Greaves, he, he does tell a wonderful story, does Alan, Alan Hudson. Other people that tell wonderful stories, TC, are authors. And in our book corner this week, we've got four books. Uh, got Not Got by Derek Hammond and Gary Silk. That's um, one of those books that you can dip into and dip out of and all little bits of nuggets from yesteryear. Uh, It's almost, it's a little bit like Second Yellow where it's the autobiographies and biographies of football players and they, they take bits out and put it in a book form. These guys do that but in a different way so it's a book I haven't got yet but it's a book that I definitely will get got not got a little bit like you know when we used to do our swapsies when you guys were playing you've got not got got not got and then we put in our sticker books 
that's why they can, that's why they're um, going to you know to the universities and the colleges to be able to write and uh, produce great books and some of these books what you're you're talking about uh, are going to be great for people to go and not only uh, reminisce and look back on what happened in um, years gone by but some of them they'll, they'll write about things what are going to be happening in years to come and yeah. sometimes it do it just come, it does come off that doesn't it absolutely it's different kinds of books and i do like the autobiography i do like the biography as well and i do like the dipping in book and this is a dipping in book and you can read it from the back to the front to the middle you can just put it down and pick it up at any time and it's it's just as magnificent two books about london turf wars a history of football uh, in london by uh, steve tongue and london fields by mark Walden and the uh, the latter of that has been uh, recommended to us by a wonderful football page my football books so check them out guys myfootballbooks.com some wonderful books that they recommend and uh, post daily on Facebook and Twitter and uh, we always have a book from Alan Hudson, and this week uh, Hudson recommends Tony Waddington, director of the Working Man's Ballet by John Leonard. And I'm going to cut out another podcast on our sister podcast, A Chapter of My Life with John, shortly. Incidentally, the Working Man's Ballet, that's the autobiography of Alan Hudson. And that's exactly how Tony Waddington looked at football. Football is the working man's ballet. He was a total football aficionado. And he could watch football and put it to the music of Swan Lake. It was just, it's just different class, isn't it? Well, when you, when you, when you look at anything what's got balance, mm. you know, dancing and, and, and ballet yep. and anything what's got balance, yep. great sports uh, players have it yeah whether it's tennis football rugby because they they just glide off 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 the ground the pitch you know the grass or on a tennis court on an hard court a cricket a cricketer the the great balanced players play the strokes and you look at it and they hit the ball so and you wear the ball ping when you when you take the golfers you know all the great players have balance you know you look at Tiger Woods, yes, he was absolutely brilliant golfer, but everything about him was balance and rhythm. Yeah. And, you know, so I understand what uh, where Woody's coming from or uh, Tony Waddington were coming from with, with, with the um, the working man's ballet football, but it is because all the great players have that. Yeah. You know, for me, they've got a football brain, they've got great balance, they compose on the ball, they don't panic you know and they know how to use the ball and they see that pass two to three passes in front of just ordinary ordinary good players and that's the difference with them all oh he certainly is and a manager of stoke city for 17 seasons the man that um, resurrected alan hudson's career as alan hudson said i was broken down and tony waddington fixed me and by god didn't he do a great job because alan hudson's one of the greatest football players that we've seen in this country and a player that's featured many times in a book i've just been sent i've done a, a recent podcast with david tossel uh, all crazy now english football and football 
footballers in the 1970s. So check that out, guys, as well. It's on uh, Sister Podcast, um, a chapter of my life. And I tell you what, when I say this book, TC, is a piece of art, it is an absolute piece of art. 500 pages and everything about the 1970s that you want to read is in uh, between cover to cover. All crazy now. In fact, Kevin Keegan's throwing a punch of Billy Bremner on the front cover. Mm. And on the back cover, you've got Don Revy and Alan Hudson. So that links us nicely to the uh, Kevin Keegan and uh, and Alan Hudson when Kevin wanted to punch Alan. <laughs> you, see, you see, the thing what makes me laugh for people like Hoodie is no different. I mean, I, I play for five of the best managers in the country. Yeah. Right? And I play for six other managers. And I see them put the arm around certain players what yeah. couldn't lace Alan Hudson's boots yeah yeah I, I say I've seen it with my own eyes mm. regardless of what anybody else people think Alan Hudson wants an arm around him to tell him how good he is Stan Bowles did mm. all these great players never got it no. all they got they were criticised mm. for the off the field antics you know if somebody did put an arm around him and said look Maybe we should do this, right? Because we need this team needs you, yeah. Right, and they would have got more out of players like Hudson and and, and Curry's of this world, mm-hmm. uh, just like they did with Keegan. Yeah. I mean, if 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 do you imagine if Udi had done what? Well, here's a prime example. Uh, Chris Sutton, good player, steady player. Won't call him a great player. He's all right, yeah. He, he, he refused to he refused to uh, play for Glenoddle. Was it Glenoddle? Leticia did uh, said I'm not going to play in reserves because at the end of the day I'm better than that. Mm-hmm. Keegan walked out on England. I'm sat in a, a, a nightclub on a Thursday night. Uh, it was only well half past eleven. Medicine Head was on before all these 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 type of groups, basic roles and all them got famous. Yeah. We used to get them at this uh, nightclub just near, in Doncaster near the ra- railway station. And the, the nightclub used to be called the Outlook. And I remember Morissette, I think I've told you all this before, Morissette is coming into um, into the nightclub and I'm there with Alan Murray. Uh, we'd signed him from Brentford. And he worked with Graham Sooners uh, when Sooners went into management, did, did Alan. And um, Morris come in, looked at us, I said what we wanted to drink. But I was only drinking Coke anyway, so I, so I said I'll have a Coke, boss. Uh, and he bought Alan a pint, right? Um, Alan was dropped for the... The following morning when we got in, Alan was dropped for the for the game. Uh, and I got a right rollicking, and I mean a right rollicking, that if he caught me out again uh, two days before a game, uh, they'd be kicking me out at football club. Mm. But we were in there, and the reason why Morris came in that night Keegan walked out on England. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think, was it Revy had left him out or not left him? Something happened with, with, with Revy and he walked out sulking. Right? Can you, you see, can you imagine Alan Hudson doing that or a Stan Bowles doing that or a Frank mm. Worthington or a Tony Curry? That it'd been all L let loose. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Everybody yeah. puts an arm around Keegan, mm. you know, so and so. But why, why, what difference does it make? Him getting an arm round him compared to Udi. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And that has always peed me off because mm-hmm. I think to myself is we all want an arm round us to say, hey, hang on a bit. Because I'll guarantee, I mean, I got that with Cluffy all the time. 
all the time I had that with Cluffy, mm. with Jack. We were arguing about it. if we got beat, it was everybody else had done it. It was my fault if we got beat. Yeah. But when we won, it was everybody else and what had done well uh, to get the result. Mm. And uh, Gary D, when you ask Udi, the same thing would have happened to him. Same thing would have happened to him. Same thing would have happened to Stan Bowles because the call of these type of Mavericks. But if they'd have put the arm around them mm. and, and tell them how good they were, these managers, instead of... Right, and so the wonder why these manager, players then turn around. And, because they're not giving them any praise at all, these players will turn around and say, you know, who are you to tell me you can't play? Yeah. You know, and it didn't help them, but the managers didn't help them neither. Because we have ruined some top, top players in this country. Oh, I absolutely. just hope they don't ruin. Look, that golden bunch, what a good bunch. Right? We've never won a World Cup since 66 because we had a good manager. Mm, absolutely. Venables, yeah, yeah, Venables yeah. was the closest, yeah. and then they sacked him. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But you going back to, um, you know, arm around the shoulders, what he says, do you know what? I never once heard Dave praise us. He gave him bollocking after bollocking after bollocking, but he never ever put his arm around his shoulder, uh, arm around his neck, and, and, and say, well done, big man. You've got to say it to my there. Not if once have you ever praised him. I'll guarantee you, mm-hmm. it definitely is. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah. You know. And then when you see managers pra- praising certain other players, mm-hmm. what are 10 times worse yeah. than what Udi would have been? I guarantee you, because I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it with my own eyes. Right? I mean, so, I'm not saying that Udi didn't go out and, and get drunk, but I'll tell you what, some of the some of the players, what the managers used to put the arm around and praise, I've seen them paralytic. I don't uh, mean yeah, paralytic. Yeah, yeah. Before a game. Yeah. When I said before a game, on a Friday night. Mm. And, yeah. how the, and how managers have picked them the following day, I don't know. No, it's incredible. It, is all, it, it has always been, you know, one rule for one and an, another rule for another if your face don't fit. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, that, that's I've the way it's been. I've seen players, but yeah. the managers put the arms around. Yeah. And you can smell the beer on them. Yeah. Right? They've taken that much garlic... Yeah, and that isn't got rid of it. You can smell the garlic and the beer. Yeah, you know when somebody's really been out of uh, a belly full of beer. Yeah, the following day you, you can smell it. Mm. Some managers, and you know, if that had been somebody like me or Rudy or all them type of players, yeah, that had been left out at team and everything. Yeah, you know, it's so it it it's it's a strange shame what they did to those players and and it will be if we do not pick Jack Grealish and Fodden and Madison because that'd be my starting three and then the others the others you know like your Ward Prowse I'd tell them look you're great players right this is my opinion mm-hmm. I'm going with them because I think these can do a little bit better but you know if you get your chance and you come in and you do well you'll stay in and that's all players want to hear. You know, you've got to lift these type of players what's not playing as much as the ones what are playing. Because everybody needs an arm round the shoulder. Oh, 100%. Say, well done. And and especially when you're in tournaments as well. You know, yeah. it, it, it's vital to keep the players, as you say, that aren't in the starting eleven on the toes and, and part of the squad. As the players that are in the starting eleven, it's vital. It's a team it's a team effort and they're just as important as the players that's on the pitch, especially when it comes to tournaments. And you're right, we haven't won nothing since 66 game of the seventies is another podcast. I'm starting off. Um, I'm going to do a, an interview with, with Willie Carr, the, uh, 
donkey kick one day. In fact, the free kick Him king, early on, the yeah, free kick king of the uh, of the seventies. Third uh, of October nineteen seventy, when they beat Everton, who were uh, who were champions. They beat them, uh, beat them three one at Ifield Road. But Ernie, he, his name actually wasn't Ernie. He was christened Roger. Roger Patrick Hunt. You were telling me this yeah, thing yeah, the other, yeah. other day, and uh, yeah. and, he said, and and then I told you the thing about uh, mine. I've got a brother called Terry. My name is Teddy. Yeah. You know, and he used to come to football. But John, I was telling you, John Quigley kept calling me Terry. Yeah. And the reporter for Doncaster, uh, the Doncaster Evening Post, Joe Slater, um, he, he the headline was "Thank Heavens for Little Terry." Yeah. And I said, Joe, my name's Terry. And he said to me, he said, oh, uh, my name's Teddy. And he said to me, Teddy suits you better. I said, that's irrelevant. <laughs> you know, I'm Teddy. You know. And then when I signed for Cluffy, um, and all the lads kept calling me uh, Terry at Doncaster. They, they had one or two called me Ted. Yeah. You know. Uh, and when I signed for Cluffy for three months, Cluffy said to me, well, why are they calling you? I said, I'll tell him quick, John Quigley. And he, and he knew Quiggs because he played against him. Mm. You know, uh, Quigley played in the cup final for Forest against Luton in 59. Yeah. And uh, he was a Scottish guy. But I had a brother, what he used to call, and he used to speak to him a lot before, you know, uh, before I signed for Doncaster. And I think that's why he kept calling me Bloody Terry. And um, so Puffy for three months called me Edward. Yeah. And after three months, he started calling me Terry. <laughs> You know, and the person used to tell them, you know, and I used to sign, I used to sign Teddy Curran, and fans used to say to me, "No, can you put Terry, please?" You know, so it's stuck to this day. Some people in my village call me Terry, which I find strange, you know, but it doesn't make a difference what people call me because I go to both now, really. It's it's mad, isn't it? But he was, yeah, he was christened um, Roger Patrick Hunt. On the uh, 17th of March, 1943, born in Swindon. And he took his father's name because of Roger Hunt uh, that played for Liverpool. His father's name was Ernest, so they called it, he called himself Ernie Hunt. So that's how he, it wasn't a nickname, as I, I thought it may have been. It was his dad's name, Ernest. And he actually played in one of the most iconic games uh, ever played in America. He played in the 1967 United Soccer Association Championship. He played for Los Angeles Wolves, who were... Wolverhampton Wanderers against Washington Whips, who were Aberdeen. One won the uh-huh. Western and the other won the Eastern, and they played on that uh, on the seventh, fourteenth of July, nineteen sixty-seven, in the first final. Because the Americans, after the World Cup in sixty-six, they wanted football to take off in America. They had played it previously. In fact, America. I think they finished third in the first World Cup in 1930. So the Americans did play football before then, but but it stopped. Um, and they tried to resurrect it after the World Cup. Now, this game between the Whips and the Wolves ended 6-5 in over, well, sudden death overtime because they went to extra time. And uh, the first uh, first goal scorer of Wolves that evening was the great Peter Knowles. Dave Burnside scored a hat-trick, Derek Dugan, and an own goal. And they still talk about that game to this very day. And Ernie Hunt played in that game. I didn't realise because he played for Wolves after he moved from uh, Swindon, played 214 games in the league for Swindon, 74 for uh, for Wolves. Then he moved to Everton, 
played at Coventry, moved up to your neck of the woods up at Doncaster before finishing his professional football career at Bristol City. Well, Peter Knowles is, is from my area. Village, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it was in my ability. Yeah, and Bob Kinsley is, is the next one up, but it's adjacent to each other, you know. It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it, you don't stop so, and, and, and then you go into the next village, it, it just runs into each other. And yeah. with Fitzwilliam and Kinsley. Um, but John would tell me, John Brindley, uh, he was on about, was it, is it Willie, Willie Carr? Was it must be Willie Carr, or, or would it, or, but when we got promoted, when I was at Forest, we got promoted to. Um, when you got uh, first, division. first division, you were we in the were, air. We were, we were flying to. Torremolinos. Um, Torremolinos, right? And either Willie Carr or. Willie? Uh, went into goal because the goalkeeper got injured. Uh, uh, well, John was telling me this today. I'm sure he was, but I'll, I'll, I'll confirm that for the next podcast, and I'll, I'll ask John about it because John phoned me up early on today, and he, uh, I don't know why he's mentioned that because you mentioned it to me uh, about Willie Cow with a free kick. Yeah, I mean I can remember that on match day. And, and what did I say to you? I said even at, even the football authorities, you know, great skill, great technique, and they stop players. You could. You could not lift the ball up with your feet anymore because it's like having two touches or yeah, something. Yeah, the bandit, That's what yeah. The bandit, yeah. the bandit. So Don't you've got to pass the ball, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Absolutely silly, really, because, you know, a flick-up is a flick-up. It's not oh, drastically wrong with it. No. But the football authorities have changed the game and they just ruined, they, they are ruining parts of the game itself. But they, as you say, they've always ruined it. This lot isn't no different to what they've done previously. But Willie Carr was the player that that put the free kick over for Kenny Ibbett to score the goal that ultimately did promote you guys while you're in the air. Um, I don't know if he played in goal that that game against Bolton as well. But I will ask uh, Willie next week because yeah. I am ask doing yeah, I am doing a, a podcast with Willie Carr and I'll ask him if he, he ever went in goal. I'd find it strange because Willie was quite small, wasn't he? I know he was. Well, mm. it didn't make any difference. Well, you know, in in, in my day, the, the Paul Cooper Ipswich. Yes. Yeah. Bolton and Derby, Derby County, they weren't tall goal, goal Yeah, that's true. Know? Yeah. Peter Bedetti weren't a tall goalkeeper. Yeah. And they didn't wear gloves in them days. Or if no. they did, them little green gloves. Green, yeah. Yeah. Green and ga- those green gardening gloves. Yeah, they were. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine. I mean, you look at. In fact, Seth Meyer was one of the first that wore real big goalkeeping gloves in the 1974 World Cup finals. Before that, I can't recall a goalkeeper wearing, like, big goalkeeping gloves, but I do remember Seth Meyer having big goalkeeping gloves. And then Kenny Everett used to have them big stupid gloves as well on his show in in the 70s. Well, don't forget, when the ball started to change, uh, they were travelling faster, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, when they were playing, they were still playing with lace-up balls, really. And they were just coming out of them. Mm. You know, so the but once the ball started to... uh, and the players could absolutely put some pace into the ball. Yeah. You know, because you go in goal and, and just use ordinary gloves. You know, they did use a stingy hand when they, when somebody really Off, yeah. caught the ball right. You know, so, I mean, it looked strange when they first came out, but, I mean, 
you can understand why they wear them nowadays, can't you? Oh, you certainly can. I can't believe anybody wants to go in goal and don't have gloves on. Anyhow, I think that, mind you, I think you've all you've got to be a bit of a nutcase to go in goal. Um, EFL. Let's have a little EFL update, TC, and it's really brewing up nicely there at the top of the, uh, of the dro- championship. By the way, you've dropped down into the bottom three and we've come out of the bottom three. Well, I can't... So one, of us, one of us may be stalking before end of the season. Well, you know, I look at football now. I just think if you're not good enough to win in that league, then drop down and play in another league. Um, but by I'd... the way, that's a great... By the way, you're right, because... If you don't you don't get relegated because you're unlucky. You no, get relegated you're because you're not good you're not good enough. Absolutely, yeah. So you know, you if you're in the bottom three, you know, you're in the bottom three for a reason. And you look at the top three uh in the championship, Brentford great win at Reading last night, three one. They've now scored fifty five goals in twenty eight games. They're conceding a goal a game, but they are playing some superb football. I think Thomas Frank's done an absolutely fantastic job at Brentford. They seem to, at the end of every season, sell what's perceived to be their better players, get some others in and do better than what they've done the season previously. It's incredible. Well, the owners came in with a project. Yeah. Uh, and the guy at Queen's Park Rangers, um, he was an ex-banker. What, go on. Warburton, is it? Oh, the manager at QPR, yeah, yeah War- Warburton, yeah. Right. Uh, I think they, they when they took over, they appointed him. And that's, he, he's been there since, I think he was his assistant manager, that guy, uh, who was there now at uh, Brentford. Was he really? I think so. I think okay. he was. Um, and what, what, they've, what, they've do- what they've done is carried on. Uh, I mean, they're so unlucky last year. The loss to teams like Barnsley, who needed points, and Barnsley did yes. brilliant to get, you know, to stay up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go to Brentford and beat Brentford because Brentford were challenging. Yeah. Uh, to get an automatically uh, into playoffs. Mm. Not into playoffs, into the um, first. Auto- automatic. First to go yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, but he has done, and they play some fantastic football. Yeah, and do. And on top of that. Mm. They've sold two of the best players, one to West Ham and then one to Villa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what that's what they tend to do. But Thomas Frank was the assistant for uh, for Dean Smith at Brentford, and right, then they that's the one. Yeah, that's then the they one. promoted because that's what Brentford tend to do: pro, mm. promote from within and have these did projects. Dean ta- did Dean Smith take over from uh, Warburton? Yes. Yeah, right. they did. Yeah, right. he, yeah. So that's when he came in. Then. Yeah, it was around about that time. Yeah. Manager. I know his assistant managed you to... Uh, yeah, you might be right there. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's what he did. I think he took over from Dean Smith. Because he was Dean Smith's assistant. Yeah. With um, Was he there? Because he's always taken in with him, O'Rourke. Well, not always, but he's O'Rourke's with him now, isn't he? Where he used to be at Doncaster with um, Driscoll. The Driscoll who, who was at Doncaster Rovers. I'm sure his assistant manager is, is O'Rourke. Is it O'Kelly? Like, Oh, Kelly. Oh, Rourke. Oh, Kelly. Yeah. That's his name, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's, he's taken him with him. He's been with him for some time. Nor- yes. Norwich sitting second at the moment. And Swansea, with a game of game in hand, could overtake Norwich. So, I mean, those three are on 57, 55 and 53 points, respectively. 
they look as though they're going to pull away because Watford's form isn't particularly that great. They're quite hit and miss, as are Reading and as are Bournemouth. Although it looks as though Harry's going in as a senior controller of operations. And um, Jonathan Woodgate seems to have have picked it up and running with the baton quite nicely at the moment. Struggled at Middlesbrough. Yeah, absolutely. Get two great results. And I mean two great results. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me, they played well against Burnley the other night. I know Burnley, you know, chop and change the team, but I've no sympathy for teams what get knocked out at FA Cup. Yeah. And I've no sympathy for managers what get sacked. I, I, for that type of manager, I am. Even though he's done he's done well for Burnley. People will have a go at me for it, but I, I give my opinion. Yeah. And that's my honest opinion of it. They're never going to get top jobs when they do, when they, when, you know, when they, when they play football like they do, their teams. And when they keep chopping and changing, it must be horrible for players thinking, all, we, all we're here for is to keep us in the Premier League. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we've said this on the podcast many times. If you're a forward playing for teams like that, you might as well just sit down and uh, not bother turning up for training because they, they just don't attack. They don't make any attempt to uh, to win a game of football. It's quite ridiculous. Game of the weekend, TC, has got to be Leicester City versus Liverpool, Liverpool. half past 12 on Saturday. And Roy Keane saying that if you keep on playing like that, it's going to be another 30 years till you win the championship again. Yeah, but there's only Roy Keane can get away with that. Look, look. <laughs> What Liverpool have achieved, look, I prefer the way our Manchester City play, but I like to watch Liverpool and all. And they two great sides. But I think City have got more strength in depth than what Liverpool have had. Have. You know, because uh, when, when City had that blip last year, oh, they're missing De Bruyne, or they're missing um, Laporte. Laporte can't get in the team now. No, he can't, no. Um, Diaz has done a great then, job, then, I then, then they missed the guy at... Um, What's been there for a few years has gone to to managing Belgium. The Belgian play this at the back. I don't know something in my mind lately. Company, Company. Vincent Company. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but now they don't seem to miss anyone. You know, but Liverpool have missed three big players yeah, at certain times. You know, and I mean, you don't expect the goalkeeper because for me, he's been the best signing. Yeah, definitely. Them, uh, them two, Liverpool's goalie, uh, yeah. Alisson and Edison, yeah. are the best two goalkeepers in the Premier League for me. Having said that, I think Martinez at Villa has, has been absolutely oh, fantastic listen, as well. He, 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 yeah, but I'm talking about the two teams now. Oh, right, yeah. I, I like him yeah. at Villa. Yeah. You know, but the, the, those two players, very, very, give the ball away. And Alisson made a right mess up, didn't oh, he? Oh, Danny uh, Just. Other night. You Danny know, Just. But, um, I mean, when I looked at it, I'm thinking, is he doing this on purpose? And I don't mean that. You know, <laughs> I know what you're but, saying. You're just looking at it. You think, how can you, you do that? You don't. You don't. Yeah, you look at him and he doesn't do it anyway. He did, you know. I know. And he did it. He did it three times, really. I know. He had an absolute mare. And why yeah. don't goalkeepers catch the damn ball? Why do they elect to punch? I, 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 don't, I just give up with that. I, I just do not understand why when a goalkeeper can catch a ball back in your day, TC, they'd go up, they catch it at the highest point, and then they'd roll it out. These chews, they like to punch it these days when they can catch it. Well, well, if it's bad, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, you've got to go with how we, how, is, how, how the keeper feels best comfortable with it, unless it's causing you problems mm-hmm. in the team. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, well, it is. Um, the, 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 I mean, the centre centre forwards can't challenge any the goalkeepers nowadays no no because it's a free kick straight away they're, the they're an endangered species aren't they 
so it is a it is a, a funny it's a funny thing and there's no reason for them not uh, not to catch it but the, some of them just may prefer to to punch it so mm. you know, and you can't turn around and give anybody a rollicking nowadays like they did nowadays Nah. Because you you be called a racist or a bully, you know, that society's changing that much, it's untrue. Oh, and social media, I mean, even Steve Bruce is getting death threats. And he ain't, yeah. he ain't even on social media. It's quite ridiculous. For... Well, the good thing, look, you look, regardless of what anybody says, the only way you can stop that is by the social media, uh, because obviously people will put false names anyway. Yeah, of course they false, will. You know, um, it, 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 if, if, if I was getting death threats on my, if, if, if I get the abuse, if somebody disagrees with me, mm. that's not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah. Because it's opinions, and I express. If I said George Best is the greatest footballer there's ever been, that's my opinion. Of course it is. But when somebody says to me, somebody says to me, well, is that everything blind? And well, Ronaldo and you know, and you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Just block them. That's all I would do. Yes, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. And I don't. It's not to do with. I'm not in agreement with me. Mm. They're entitled to give their opinion. Of course they are, yeah. But, but when just they get abusive and they start death threats and being racist and that type of thing, then just get them off, just block them. Absolutely, TC. That's all I ever do, TC. And I that'll can... stop. That'll stop them with you with death threats and racism and everything else. You know, because having them on social media for sake of having them on just to make numbers up say oh I've got 100,000 people I've got a million people exactly it's pathetic it's pathetic yeah it's absolutely pathetic and TC I can hear the the vacuum cleaner being fired up as we talk so which only means one thing it's football forecast we drew 2-2 last week I had my best week for many a week but you're (laughs) still 6-4 up so you're in the lead you pick the music again this week to go out with so first game that we have in our Magnificent Seven is a live game. Well, they're all live games in the Premier League these days, but 8 o'clock Saturday night, Aston Villa away at Brighton. Brighton plays some great football. So do Villa. I think it could draw. be a good game. Nil-nil draw. Really? Mm. Right, I'm going I'm going Brighton 1, Villa 2. I think Villa or Nicky. I think it's going to be a cracking game. I yeah, like... I do. By the way, you can get good... Nil-nil draws. Oh, of course you can, yeah. Again, it's what you do with the football and how you use it and how you play. I like Brighton. I like Villa. Both footballing teams, both doing quite well. And both got good managers with philosophies of football that I enjoy and buy into. It'll be, it'll be, if, if, if for goals for me in this game, it, it, I've been a lot of times in mistakes, but I'm on about because it's how they play. They're not going to go defensive, mm. but they, they don't give the ball away in much pair of them. So you're going nil nil, and yeah. I'm going 2 1 to Villa. Uh, second game up, one of your former teams, Nottingham Forest, against what we have to say now, an informed Bournemouth. Oh, yeah. And where's this at? Uh, City Ground. Forest. Yeah. I'm going to go 1 0 Forest because I've just started getting some results. Right, I'm going to go 3 1 Bournemouth. I think they're on a roll, and I think they have got some tremendous players. Oh, and, they have, and they they, they need yeah they need to stick two or three wins back to back to get into that that top. 
we'll get in between the top three because they do look as though they're starting to pull away a little bit. So I think it's vital for Bournemouth to uh, to win at Forest this week. Derby County in the bottom three, just above my team, Birmingham City, against the Borough that are just off the playoffs. How do you see that one, too? So 2-0 Derby. Yeah, you like Derby. I'm going for a draw here. I'm going 1-1. Uh, 1-1 one, one draw. Again, another of your former teams, Huddersfield Town versus the Whipping Boys, Wickham. And is that at Huddersfield? Huddersfield, yep. 2-0 Huddersfield. Yeah, just... I think... I think they'll fall by the wayside now. Yeah, I've just I've just put uh, two 0 down to Huddersfield as well. Your boys, the love of your life, uh, <laughs> say Swansea, Sheffield Wednesday playing Swansea at Hillsborough. How do you see that one, TC? Five 0 Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to win this week, do you? <laughs> I think I'll be happy with a draw. I'm going to go with a draw. I mean Swansea. <laughs> The play some good stuff. Yeah, I think this will be difficult for us. And uh, what Thompson's done is buying the blip at um, Millwall last week. Yes, he's had some great results. So the confidence is high. He's got Georgian Rhodes scoring goals. Yep. So I'm I'm going to go for a one-one draw. Right, one-one. I'm going two-one Swansea. I do like the way Swansea play. I think you're right. And you've identified oh. Cooper as a great manager. Uh, early doors last season, you were singing uh, from his uh, his hymn sheet. And I'm absolutely, you're absolutely spot on. I said on. there was a dark horse. Yeah, last you did, yeah, you did, and, yeah. And they weren't, that far off, they weren't that far off, yeah. you know, uh, of, of, of giving up them. And you, it wasn't towards the end of the season. You were saying it early doors. You said straight away that he's a he's a good manager. Like the way he, he coaches. You'd watched uh, Liverpool youth games that he yes. coached as well. So and then he went on to England. Yeah, then. he did. Yeah. So he's uh, again another manager for the future. I love to see young managers that have got a good philosophy of football and and doing well. I like Low at um, Plymouth. Yeah, he, you right know, low, yeah. He's got them playing some great yeah. football. Uh, Appleton at um, Lincoln, yep. I'm very impressed when I've seen them. Mm. Um, I like the kid at uh, Salford, uh, Will, uh, Willens. Yeah, Richie Willens. Willens. Yeah. You know, um, they've got to be brave. They've got yeah. to go and win football matches. If they if they do that. They will get better jobs Absolutely. by playing uh, entertaining football. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. Spot on, TC. That's what the game is all about: philosophy of football, trying to win games of football and playing in the right manner. Here, here. Saints versus Wolves, a rerun of the uh, the cup game today. Where's it at? That it's at Southampton. I'm going to go for a a one-one draw. One one draw. Okay. I like both. I like both teams the way they play football. It's like uh, like Villa and Brighton. I like the managers, the philosophy of the playing. And I'm not saying, you know, I I just think it's how the philosophy is. They both got a good philosophy, uh, and I, I just don't see them getting that many chances. Uh, when they don't give the ball away that much. So that's why I look at teams like Southampton and, and Wolves. I like, like, to, like I'm watching it now, I like to watch yeah, them just play football. And I think, uh, you know, it, if one wins, they win. But I, I think, you know, a draw is a strong uh, a strong bet for me. I, 
because it's it's one of them where they don't need ball away much pair, mm. pair of them and there'd be few and far chances between because there's not that there'll not be that many mistakes uh, from both sides absolutely again two really good entertaining Premier League football clubs and I think this is what the Premier League and the Cup should be all about teams going forward trying to win games of football entertaining crowds and if you can't do that then I don't think you should be in the top flight. I, I would, I'd kick them out. But I do, I love to watch uh, Southampton. I'll always watch Saints. And I do like to watch Wolverhampton Wanderers. And I think that they have missed him in S because I think he's an absolute diamond of a player. But uh, yes, So you're, you're going for a 1-1 draw, did you say there, Terry? Yeah, yeah 1-0. So 1-1 there. I'm going to just go 2-1 because Saints are at home in that game. A uh, big fan of Danny Ings as well. I think he's a fabulous yeah. football player. Hopefully, Saints can keep hold of Danny. I like the young lad. At, I like the young lad at Wolves. I mean, they give a very good few quid for him. What one's that? The, the centre forward, with the young lad. He's only about nineteen twenty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Silver. Any? <clears throat> silver. No, 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 no. Is it? Yeah, silver. It's a young lad, absolutely brilliant footballer. He looks like my niece. With, with he looks, his face is just spitting image of mine, one of my nooses, yeah. Tom says, that's Libby, that is. So he just, I mean, his name's Silver, but in our house, he's called Libby. That's right, it is Silver. Yeah, but it, uh, he is very impressed with him. He's going to be another one. Mm-hmm. He's not English, but he's, he's going to rip the Premier League apart within the next two seasons. Yeah, Portuguese, I think he's only 18. Yes, he'd, only, the, yeah. he'd only played a couple of games, and I think they spent about 30 million on this game. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, he, he certainly uh, he certainly must have something. Um, I, I've seen things in him, yeah. absolutely brilliant. But I mean brilliant. How do you think he runs? I look at him and think he looks a little bit flat-footed the way he runs at times. Well, the thing, he's still... Oh. 18, 19. Yeah, he's about 18, I think. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. As he gets another two years on his back, he'll mm. he'll have fully developed. Yeah. And then you'll 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 because he's quick, but he'll be even quicker when he mm. when he when he gets when he gets his uh, his body toned, gets his body core mm. right. I I like Neto. I think he's an absolutely fantastic mm. player, Neto. And uh, and Stephen Pedence as well. I think he's a. a fine I think the player. manager. And he, and he, to be honest, he was a goalkeeper. The manager, you know. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was Mourinho's goalie. We only. Yeah, Paul's you know, um, he's some. He plays some absolutely fantastic football. Mm. To say, it was under Mourinho, and Mourinho uh, is a defensive type of manager. Yeah, yeah. This guy wants to attack, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. And wants to really win games, and he, he you know, he's not bothered who he's playing against. No, and, and again, that's what you should do. Don't matter who you're playing against. Let's go out. Let's try and win the damn okay. game of football. Um, finally, TC, Everton, another of your former uh, teams at home at Goodison against Fulham. Surely there can only be one result in this game. Well, they had that little blip against Newcastle. Um, yeah, it's crazy. That was. Then they got a great result at uh, Leeds. Mm. Fantastic result um, again the other night. Uh, so they've got back on the winning ways. Mm. So for me, I'm going to go for a 3 1 Everton. Right, I've gone for 3 0. And the FA Cup draw must surely be after these games tonight. So the winner of Wolves uh, Southampton, the winner of Chelsea and Barnsley will 
be in the hat alongside Man City, Bournemouth, Man United, Leicester, Everton and Sheffield United. Who do you fancy for the Cup TC this year? I'm, I'm going to be boring, but yeah, no. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Manchester City. So, they, yeah, they, they, they play the football. Yeah, you know, and I'm not a Manchester City fan. I'm a fan of give, Manchester City. I give I give credit and yeah. praise to te- to managers and teams what try and win football matches. Yeah, and they try and win every football match. I think I think if 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 it was a charity match, he was playing in right. Yeah, and they were playing a blind team. Yeah. Gladiola would still want to win. Of course he would. You yeah, know, he would. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, it's not impossible not to do the, the quadruple. Yeah. It will be very difficult. But by by damn, he will give it a go, will Gladiola, and he may as well. Yeah, absolutely, TC. Absolutely spot on. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you for your time, sir. As always, love to you and yours. And what wonderful sound are we going out with this week, TC? Unchained Melody. Oh, brilliant. So we're not with that one. Odie was talking about that this week, so I'm going to go out with that one. From the Righteous Brothers. Brothers. Till next brilliant time, TC. Yeah, love to you and your missus. Thanks, everybody. Hope you all enjoyed the show. We'll see you all next I'll speak to you all next week. And absolutely. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye, all. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.